Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. And welcome to another episode of the Watford Buzz podcast. Myself, Matt Messiano, and Jordan Weimer here today. Uh, no Tom, he uh, has his head in the clouds in a plane, actually. Uh, a bit like some of the Watford players, I think, uh, may, might have had their head in the clouds on Friday night. Um, bit of a disaster, really, that game, Jordan. Um, Branieri made a few changes for it. Uh, some positive, some not so good. Um, overall, though, reflection on the game. Yeah, I think um, it was pretty pretty terrible overall, wasn't it? Um, it just didn't it just didn't go the plan. Uh, execution was poor. Um, I think there can be some questions. I'm sure we'll get into in discussion regarding some of the selection and and perhaps some of the approach to the game. But uh, fundamentally, on the pitch, it wasn't it wasn't anywhere near good enough. And uh, yeah, we paid the ultimate price for it really because we just weren't able to to be competitive. And even once we were ahead, we still uh, we still kind of fell apart and eventually Brentford, uh, Brentford took the lead and I think it was kind of rightfully so um, on the balance to how the game went. So really disappointing and um, it just feels like we kind of lost that game uh, ourselves that we had the opportunity to do much better and we kind of threw it away. Mm. One of the big changes that Ranieri made was um, bringing Kuchka in for loser. Uh, that surprised mm. a few people. Did it surprise yourself? Yeah, massively so. I think loser's been... Um, Definitely one of the kind of strong points uh, the last few weeks. So I think he's been integral to everything kind of we've been doing. It's been good off the ball. He's been great. Um, you know, he, he provides a lot of pressure and he's, he's smart in how he presses. And then on the ball, he's got a little bit more quality in possession. He finds space well and he kind of plays some passes that some of his teammates don't look to. And I think as soon as you take that out, you can see a real difference. I do wonder. Them, I kind of I would just to rationalise it myself. You'd have to think there was some concern there perhaps injury uh, concern or something to keep loser out of the team because I just can't see the justification in, in dropping him. Um, and I, I think also, you know, it does, it's contrast or kind of more emphasised by the fact that his replacement in Kuchka had quite a poor game himself and it was just, uh, yeah, it seemed like quite a costly decision. Probably the biggest, probably the biggest decision for me, I think, in terms of being costly one, I'd say, is even just from that beginning, just to start not having loser in there, I think affected the whole game. Yeah. We've, we've seen that mid for the three of, of Sissoko uh, Kuchka and uh, and cleverly before uh, has it worked for you in the past, Jordan? Um, I think it's worked somewhat in the past in terms of kind of it's a physical uh, can be an aggressive side it can be a ball winning side um, but I think it does leave a little bit to be desired in terms of how you use the ball and I think a game like the one on Friday required a little bit more 
little bit more calmness and, and, and comfort in possession and perhaps just someone just to really just kind of slow that temper down at times and also just be able to control control the situation. I think it just looked a little bit rash. Um, Clever didn't have a great game either. And it wasn't just... It, it's one thing when you're playing against a team, like, say, when we played Tottenham, for example, and you, you're expecting to be off the ball a lot. You're not trying to retain possession as much. and You, you kind of are set into that game plan. Like against Brentford, you kind of want to be a little bit more offensive. You want to be able to have that back and forth. Brentford are going to, Brentford are going to misplay passes. They're going to give you opportunities to turn that ball over. And if, if you can do so you want to have the the ability to be able to turn that into an attack. And I think too many times we just saw it kind of fall down uh, and, and capitulate, but also not just that, um, especially kind of towards the end of the game too. The the use of the ball and the lack of lack of execution in terms of the passing was, was very costly and it was something that kept giving Brentford chances over and over again. We'd be in situations where we were under pressure. We're still in the lead at this point and we're giving away the ball into midfield and it's just it's it's just it's a it's a type of pass you can't give away at that stage of the game and it does become very, very costly and honestly it could have been more for Brentford just to the number of chances and opportunities we gave them. Mm. We didn't start off too badly though, did we? No, no, we, things didn't start too bad. I wouldn't say it was it was our best um, start by any means, but you know we were. We certainly had a better first half than a second. For sure, yeah. No, I think I think we did, and I think Brentford kind of found their way into the game a little bit too. Um, but you know, this, this is the thing: our front, our forward line, our attacking threat that we can that we can provide is enough to to sometimes kind of paper over the cracks a little bit in, in terms of how we can at, at times defend. And I think it can give you the illusion that things are going okay because you can put that pressure on the op- the opposition. You know, it makes them it makes them sit back a little bit, and it can be a form of defence. Just however well when we can be an attack, but I think as the game wears goes on and Brentford get a little bit more comfortable and they're able to probe us a little more, then suddenly kind of our frailties start to be exposed a little bit. Um, and you know, it's just not it's not what we expect. And I think I think also too I, I think what we've seen under Ranieri that's been so positive is how we play um, when we are defending. I know defensively our record has been poor, but uh, we've seen elements of um, of how we defend off the ball as a team and how, we, how aggressive we can be, how we can make it difficult for the opposition. I think as the game went on, we started to see that less and less uh, to the point where we started to be quite passive defensively. And once we, once we sit in our shape and we try and contain in that way, you know, in recent history, we've never, we've never really been good at doing so. Um, and it, it kind of, when as we expected really you kind of sit off and you give away the ball and suddenly opportunities start piling against you and momentum starts to build for Brentford and then you kind of in the situation we all feared so it's a game that really just steadily declined for us mm. another of those changes uh, was Ngakia in for Danny Rose on that left hand side um, possibly one of the few that, uh, that had a good full 90 minutes Jordan he did very well playing you know pretty much away from his natural position on the right. Um, but, you know, he didn't look out of place and certainly was a lot better than Danny Rose was in, in the last fixture. Yeah, he defended well and, he, you know, he, he could be a, there could be a little bit more to be, I don't know, you want a little bit more from your left back, you want a little bit more kind of contribution going forward, I guess. Um, but given the situation he's in, the fact that he's in there covering and obviously being a right back predominantly, I think he can't, you can't be too critical of Ngaki. I thought he played pretty well. I think you're right. Um, I think a couple of players played decent in that game. I actually thought Sissoko was decent again. Um, I actually thought Cathcart was pretty good on the whole, um, especially kind of with how difficult that defensive line has been to play in for some. I think Cathcart did an okay job there. Um, and obviously Dennis as well. There, there's some performances in there for sure. It's not It's not like the entire team played badly the entire game. Um, it, it's more just... I don't know. I just feel like we're at the point now we expect a, a little bit more. I felt like we're kind of making some steps forward with Vanieri. And I still think we are overall. Um, I think this was 
predominantly an execution problem, but um, there were some individual performances that were definitely at least promising. Mm. In the past, we've talked mainly about uh, you know individual performances that were bad that led to Watford uh, losing the game or, or, or not quite seeing it through. Uh, and we've also talked about some tactical excellence from, from Ranieri, but this game feels like uh you know an example where Ranieri's got it wrong tactically Jordan. yeah I mean it's hard to, to exactly decipher what his what he wanted to do in that one um I think the problem is I think all I can really say is it seemed to me that as the game went on we became more reactive to Brentford and that's that's something we really wanted to change when Cisco left was stop being reactive and start being proactive in how we play and how we approach games. I think under Ranieri, that's definitely been a positive. Um, it was seems it was seen kind of out of character the way we kind of finished that game, um, and maybe he lost on the tactical front. It, it's you could definitely argue that, um, but I don't think the game plan from the beginning was bad. I, I just didn't see the execution from the players, and then I mean I know there's some substitutions, but there's some question marks around. Um, but again, it's been a strong point of Ranieri, so it, it's tough. You know, maybe this is just one that just didn't didn't get the execution from the players, and there was a couple of mistakes. Maybe maybe things didn't go quite the way Ranieri planned in terms of how Brentford were playing and, and, and what we were trying to do. Um, but I, I think you have to look at Ranieri's decisions in the game, and you have to kind of you have to ask those questions because if we're going to praise him when he's doing well, you have to be able to look at um, look at him when we're doing badly and say kind of what could have been done better, and. Like, I still think it's been a, a big change. I think there's been a lot of positive changes, but this is one that just didn't work on a number of levels. And I think you combine all those and it just ends in that sort of performance. Um, but for me, in terms of Ranieri, I think the biggest one is still um, Kuchka for loser. Whatever the reason that is, maybe that was out of Ranieri's hands, but I do think that changed a, a fair amount of the balance of the team um, and it just affected things from there on. It kind of snowballed for me. Another change that was made um, for this game was Cucho Hernandez uh, starting ahead of Pedro, possibly on the back of his uh, impressive uh, performance in the last fixture against Man City when he came on. Um, was, was that was that a good change, Jordan, or did it not work for you? Or did you feel like you know uh, Hernandez merited the start? Yeah, I think he deserved a start. I think he's contributed quite quite well when he's come on. Um, I think he's been involved in every Ranieri game uh, so far, and he's he's someone that can obviously provide something. I didn't think he had a bad game by any means. But um, yeah, it was kind of, I can see you going either way um, with that decision there. And we've got some options and I think we have to use them, especially with the number of games. We have got a few more coming up and I think it's smart to kind of give those players an opportunity. Um, and we've, you know, we've got a quite a tiring um, style of play. So if you can kind of rotate a little bit, then then do so for sure. So I don't think it was a bad decision. And um, that's definitely not one I look at and think, um, it, it was something that kind of led to uh, what we saw on the pitch in, in a negative fashion. Yeah, so that was a, that was a positive to see. Uh, another massive positive was uh, the fact that Watford managed to score from a corner, Jordan. Uh, who else but Emmanuel Dennis? But uh, I mean, the fact that uh, we've been able to score from a set piece, uh, for, yeah, it hasn't, it's been so long, hasn't it? And a corner especially, it was, it was lovely to see. Yeah, it's interesting. We we were talking to David in the build-up to this game. We're talking about Brentford's defending a set pieces, and we were discussing the zonal zonal mark and they they kind of deploy. And it was it was one that got them caught out on this one too. I think they had two players on Janssen, and it just kind of created too much of an overload. And and Dennis, kind of the smallest player on the pitch, almost just managed to get in there and really good positioning just to get in that in that kind of six yard box and really attack the ball. Um, yeah, lovely header, lovely jump. 
good movement for the players, but also for a change, it was actually a very good ball into the box, which just shows kind of the difference that can make to any corner. Of course, it's so frustrating how often we see those corners and set pieces just kind of turn into nothing. But that was, um, yeah, excellent delivery and just finished off with a great header and great movement from a player that's been obviously in great form and just got an eye for goal right now. So, you know, getting the most out of him while we're in this position, we have to. And I think that was just a, just quite a satisfying goal all around. It seemed like it was going to be hopefully the base, the kind of, the beginning of um, a decent performance and we'd kind of press on from there from a decent start but unfortunately it wasn't to be was it? An assist from um, Cleverly Cleverly I can't I can't remember who was on the corner Yeah it's Cleverly Yeah no a great a great ball in uh, regardless of who put it in um, Tom Cleverly actually I mean you, you said earlier on in the in the, in the show Jordan that um, you didn't raise performance yesterday but I thought he was actually very good personally Yeah I just I just didn't feel it, it I think Tom Cleverly can be effective. He's obviously, he fits what we're trying to do under Ranieri. He's, he's someone that can obviously contribute quite a lot. I just think that as a collective, as a whole, I just think Tom Cleverly was just a little bit off. I didn't think he was able to, to influence the game as much as he normally can. Um, and I, I think it's more just kind of the use of the ball possession-wise. Obviously, we know what he gets off the ball, um, but we just weren't able to kind of look forward with him at all. There was no retention um, I think he played. He played four forward passes the whole game. It's nothing kind of. There's nothing moving the ball up. There's no progress. There's no progression from our midfield, and I just think cleverly just one of those. I, I think as a whole, like you criticise all the midfielders. I think Sissoko is probably the best of the three, um, but I expect more from cleverly at this point um, under Ranieri, and that's kind of where I felt that he just wasn't up to his best. I definitely think one negative of cleverly is, is as he's getting older, he is finding it more difficult to complete a full 90 minutes and um you know it was the case again today and in in some ways it it does hamstring you a bit knowing that you know you're going to have to replace Tom Cleverly if you know if he's if he's playing yeah it is an issue for sure um and I think it depends on how you kind of how you look to use him you could start him you could use him from the bench you could have that in in mind you're going to be rotating and changing things at a later period of the game it does make things a little bit more difficult um but yeah for me it was just it was just our midfield as a whole, not able to kind of get on the ball and just play things into space and find find options forward because we do have a good front line. Um, we have players that can get into um, attacking positions and we did still create some threat. So it, I just felt like he, Tom Cleverly just didn't contribute to that enough. I think, you know, completing two forward passes in, in even 60 minutes, I think we can expect a little bit more from, from the team. And not just Cleverly, obviously there are other elements that play into that number, but um, I still kind of hope that he could be a little bit more uh, forward thinking at times when in possession, especially in a game where we struggled to struggled to take control. And you know he's an experienced player that's that's played in a lot of games for us. That's, that knows kind of what we need in these situations. We just didn't quite get it from my opinion. Well, I, I tell you why I think that Cleverly had such a pivotal um, part to play in that game is because when he did go off, I felt that was the moment when the game really changed and swung in Brentford's favour. Um, mm. I'm not sure if the if the change for Pedro was the right one uh I, I felt like Watford dropped considerably after um after that change yeah it depends it depends though kind of I, I can see the reasoning um if you think from from Ranieri's perspective we're in a situation where Brentford are starting to build momentum we are struggling to retain possession we're struggling to get that ball forwards um and I, I think I think it was an aggressive change I think it was a positive change um we might be winning but I think I think it was it was visible that we were losing control of the game and I think bringing on someone with a little bit more attacking emphasis someone that's 
cat, like quite comfortable in those four positions, retaining possession, holding the ball, and finding his teammates. I think it just gives Brentford something um, to kind of force them into that more defensive shape. They're playing three at the back, and if you can occupy that midfield, force them into being a little bit more defensive, it might give us some freedom and, and make it make it harder for them to kind of get the at the pitch. Um, we've seen Brentford have, have had struggles doing so at times in, in previous games. So I, I can see the rationale of thinking that if you bring on an attacking player, it's going to cause Brentford to kind of retreat into their shape a little bit more and perhaps kind of help us in, the, in a defensive standpoint as well as give us the chance to actually possibly create some more opportunities for ourselves. Um, it, it didn't work out that way, unfortunately. Um, but you know, I, I can see the rationale behind it. And for me, um, I think we needed someone to, to take control, whether that be on the pitch or on the sideline. We needed someone to take control and make a positive change for us to kind of come through that game. And it didn't work out, but I can appreciate the thought behind it at the very least. Why do you think Watford dropped back so much in that second half, John? I think it's just I think it's just natural. I think it's natural in those situations when you're under you're under pressure. You know, you're getting suppressed by the opposition. You start into you start to retreat and you start to you start to bunch up and you start to you start to lose your shape. You start to lose your discipline, um, especially especially offensive or sorry, especially um, defensive discipline in regards to pressing. It becomes much more cautious because you know you don't want to make the mistake. You don't want to overcommit. Uh, and things start to slowly retreat, especially when that momentum is building for for Brentford. Nothing you can see on the sideline is not what what Ranieri wanted, but it's hard to it, it's hard to kind of change that mentality of the team, especially when those around you are also doing the same thing. And you know it happens all the time. You, in in how many games have you watched where you just think you, you think in the, the the team that's losing or sorry the team that's winning, you start to see them drop back and they retreat further and further and further. It's just a natural um, mindset that kind of you fall into when you're in that winning position by a fine margin. Uh, and the pressure's building. It takes a lot of nerve. And it takes a lot of again discipline to to stay and, and and play in the way that you're being asked to do in those situations. I think we just fell victim to that. Um, we started to drop off, and and Brentford just capitalised. Another substitution that Ranieri made that you'd think was uh, in an attempt to try and change the game uh, was bringing on Ken Semmer for 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 Kucha Hernandez. Um, but he brought him on on the right hand side, Jordan, which surprised me because I've never really seen. Can play on the right hand side before, and I don't know if it really worked. No, I don't think it worked at all. I think it was one that was um, it was probably yeah one of the poorest subs he made. It just didn't quite didn't quite click. Um, that one's definitely a little bit more confusing for me. Um, it was hard to see his it was hard to see his influence, and it was it's just a, it was a difficult situation to bring Ken Semmer on for. We know what Ken is. I think we have quite a good understanding of him, and he's, he's always shown that he's he likes to play at left side, and he likes to kind of use that space, and he's very left footed, and it's it's somewhere he's definitely more comfortable. Which is actually another another thing we actually didn't discuss in terms of the, the build. That's where the lineup from the beginning was. One thing was that Josh King was playing left, and Dennis through the center, which was an interesting change as well. Okay. Tell me more about how that worked, Jordan. Well, it was just an interest. I mean, we saw we've seen Dennis play centrally, haven't we? From earlier on in the season against Villa, he started like that, and we've seen him a couple more times since then. But um, yeah, Josh King kind of deployed from the left hand side, and and Dennis occupying that centre role, which was interesting. So I think Josh King has been so so good, um, kind of as that leading man and someone that can hold the ball up and, and find space and and bring others into play. Um, it was an interesting decision to see us move from that. Um, I think it was probably somewhat of a reaction to to Brentford's back three. Perhaps we thought the, the matchups were better in that way, or as a way we could uh, an avenue that we could find more space and kind of get in some more threatening positions by having Dennis more central, um, perhaps pulling players around a little bit and allowing Josh King to kind of come off of that left and maybe fill up some of those gaps that, that Dennis kind of leaves open. And it happened on a couple of occasions. Um, we, the, the best example was the shot from Josh King that kind of 
wrapped around the post and that led to the corner which we scored from um there was a, i understand it's a decent idea and it, it did kind of work actually early on um but i was surprised we didn't see that change back to kind of the more traditional shape a little bit quicker and see how kind of that would fare for us but it's an interesting one just to note um and at least again we, we have a coach that's looking to to find other ways to to play and, and other ways to utilize the talent we have so interesting one another player that had a a hard game was was true Stekong, Jordan. Um, he's had a few games recently where he's sort of shown us that he he's he's able to make a poor decision or two, and he you know he made another one today. It's uh he's getting a fair bit of criticism online from uh, from plenty of Watford fans. He's getting battered, isn't he? Um, it's a tough one. It's a tough one, Matt, because I I I appreciate true Stekong. Um I appreciate what he did in the championship with us, and I appreciate his approach to the game and kind of how he how he conducts himself and everything. You know? But in terms of on the pitch performance, yeah, there's been there's been a couple of issues. Obviously, it started probably at Leicester, wasn't it? The first one um, that kind of duck under the long ball forward, which led to led yeah. to a goal. And since then, yeah, just... I mean, his performances had been criticised prior to that, but that was the. That's the biggest mistake he's made so far. It seems the it seems the catalyst for this kind of continued bad run of form, um, or it seems kind of you know a, a big or the first big talking point. But you know if we talk about this one in particular, because um, obviously I think it's probably one of the biggest talking points in the game. Obviously, um, obviously once Brentford equalised, we can talk about the equaliser. But it was um, it was it was the winner that really was the the problem or the the main talking point. It was it was a bad decision. Um, like I, I got some. I got some varying feedback on this, um, but I'll, I will say as well. I do think, in, in regards to the goal and, and, and the loss as a whole against Brentford, I think that um, whilst Trusta Kong's error was, of course, very costly and directly led to the penalty, I do think that the, the way we gave up the ball in those closing stages of the game, the way we kept turning possession over, Kuchka in the field turning the ball over uh, repeatedly, and we just weren't able to play out. We we allowed Brentford to keep mounting that pressure, and the more you do there so, there were three poor passes, weren't they? That that um, I, I think one of the things that Ranieri said in his post match was, why didn't we just, you know, I don't, he didn't use these exact words. He said, why don't we why don't we lump the ball forward? Why don't we get it clear? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, instead we were making these short passes that were being seized upon. Yeah. Uh, it just wasn't really good, um, you know, mentally from this from the side. Management. You should have known what was going on at the time, and and you know, not not been playing these little passes around the around the box. In, in and into midfield too. And we'll, we'll get to the truth to Kong instant itself, but I do think if you look at costly costly errors. Um, I, I do think you kind of the, the turnovers were a bigger error over the over the course of the game. And I think as and if you look at the rest of the season, those situations I think are more likely to hurt you than individual areas in the penalty box. But um, that that's kind of what I want to say first. But in terms of the decision with Trusta Kong, it was a poor decision. Um, I like my defenders to be aggressive. I, I, I don't mind giving away a couple of penalties. I think over the course of the season, if you are aggressive in the box and you are aggressive defending, if you give away a couple of penalties, generally you're going to kind of make up for that for for how you defend in other areas and other games. But this one was, it was just really poor. There was no there was no need to dive in. 
Um, he was always going to be second best. He was showing him towards the line. It, it, he had everything in his favour. Yeah, it was a, it was a high pressure moment, um, and obviously he wanted to make a play on the ball, and he kind of wanted to contribute or or actually get the ball away and defend rather than allowing a shot to take place. But I think if you're able to kind of look at it objectively, especially from our position, not being on the pitch, and with the hindsight of of kind of criticising or, or or discussing a, a snap decision in a split second you can see that clearly the right decision was to to not dive in. Unfortunately, he did. Um, and it's uh, it's a decision that cost us and cost him. I'm sure it's a huge blow to him as well. And I'm, I'm sure it must be tough to take because he knows that he's at fault for, for the penalty, which led to the, the three points for Brentford and the, and the points dropped for us. But... Um, I, I don't really know how else you can what else you can say about it. It was just a bad, bad decision, and it was it was just not good enough. And even if you make a decision, you have to win the ball. And he just wasn't even close. I've watched it back a couple of times, and I'm 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 wondering if perhaps his thought was that he's going to try and block the ball that was going to be played into the either the area or towards the goal. It seemed like from the shape of his foot, that's what his intention was. But because he block's got to be because the- he was sliding. And it was his momentum took him into the player rather than, uh, you know, in the player. It, it, it was it in Buemo who, who went down. I'm not sure actually. I can't remember who, if it was Nisa. Or we actually fouled him, but uh, uh, he didn't actually even uh, make an attempt to play the ball. So uh, you know, it was a very early uh, block. If that was what uh, Trusticon was going for, if if he was actually trying to make the challenge and he was so far away from executing it that um, I mean that in itself makes it even poorer, but. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and say he was going to try and block a potential shot. Well, I think if you're blocking, though, you're you're, you're parallel to the player blocking the shot. You know, mm. like he was he was a, he was, was aggressive. It was a trailing leg that went into the man, wasn't it? I have to watch. I have to watch it again. Now we're discussing it. I just, I just feel like um, <laughs> let's watch it again. Yeah, give us a second. I guess we should be looking at it as we're yeah. discussing. All right, we've, all right. We've watched the uh, we've watched the incident. We've, we've come back. The, the VIR team is. Uh, <laughs> Has, has been having another look. Okay, what I will say in, in yeah, okay, what I will say to agree with you, um, I do think the lunge, the lunge does indicate in in some ways a block just based on it's, it doesn't look like he's making the aggressive motion towards the ball as much as he is to block the space he expects a shot coming from. I think that's mm. probably fair to say. I think it's if you look at the way he kind of, you look at where he kind of spreads his body there and he spreads his leg. It's more about it is. I'd say it is more about kind of getting his body between or part of his body between the ball and the goal. Having said that, I think he almost looks like he almost gets caught in two minds. Once he realizes the shot isn't coming, he tries to like extend that leg and, and perhaps try and take the ball. And that is just the kind of final piece that leads to the penalty. I think that's probably the when I'm watching it back again, that's kind of how I interpret it. But obviously we're trying to make an a, a assessment of what Truce de Kong is thinking in that second. But yeah, if I had to say, I'd say, he tries to make a play across the box, tries to stop the shot, but also at the same time kind of tries to get the best of both and also get a touch on the ball and it results in that. What's your interpretation now, Matt? Yeah, no, having watched it back, I think you've got it spot on there, Jordan, where it's kind of a bit of uh, both of what we thought happened yeah. at the time. Um, you probably had a better angle than me to most because I was right behind the goal. So I, I you know, I, I saw it, um, you know, not side on, mm. and and you kind of need to see that side on to actually. Well, and it's a frustrating one too because I'm just, I, I know we're again we're it's harsh because we're we're spending minutes and hours talking about uh, a split second decision, but you look at the, and obviously Truth to Con's not able to see what's behind him, but just looking at the the exact moment he makes the decision to dive in, 
And, you know, we're actually in a good defensive position. Backman's that is near post covered. We've got Sissoko on the edge of the six-yard box. Cathcart's in a good position. There's really only one opportunity. There's maybe a cutback for for him, but there's no real opportunity to, to kind of really get a meaningful shot on goal. And it's just a unfortunate decision because yes Trista Kong is his starting position is is difficult he's deeper oh sorry he's higher up uh, than Mbemo and he has to kind of drop in to kind of make that challenge and make that play in his mind but um, it's it's unfortunate what I will say is again you, you kind of look back and um, just just watching back as a quick pass but the ball inside right before it's played before it's played through Kushka's kind of just completely cut out um, and it's a position that he should be in. He's he's out. He's kind of out of position completely, and that ball's played. And then, then we see the tackle. So there's so many factors. You can't put it down to just the one, the one tackle. Yes, obviously that is what gives away the penalty. But you have to look at what leads us to that position too. Watching those highlights back there, um, you know, I, I, was, I saw a bit of the first goal as well. The, the first goal for Brentford. This is, and uh, watching it in real time, I just thought, oh, that's a that's a good piece of play there. They've managed to, you know, get in there and nick it. But um. I think I saw a few defensive uh, mistakes there in in the lead up to that one. Uh, and I think Truce was involved in that as well. But what, how, what did you think of the first goal that we conceded, Jordan? Well, in, in regards to the first goal, I'd say firstly it was. A very, I mean, when you when you cut back and put that cross in, it's a really difficult cross and difficult trajectory of delivery to deal with. Um, but I think I don't think when the ball comes in, I think the positioning from the players is generally quite good. Um, You've got Trista Kong and, and Femenia at the back post and you've got them wrapped around Janssen, which is exactly where you want them, actually. Um, the difficulty is, as soon as that ball's flicked on, it, it changes everything. Um, you lose your good positioning and it's a completely different situation. You have to react to the ball changing its flight path, which you've been kind of studying previously, and suddenly you're, you're in a difficult situation. You have to have a split-second reaction. And sometimes that works for you, sometimes it works against you. Uh, I think just that flick-on just changes everything. And I wouldn't necessarily say it was too... I wouldn't say it was bad defensively. I wouldn't say a Kong's at fault. Uh, you kind of look where a Kong is. He's before that ball's flicked. Um, he's actually got a good body position. He's facing the ball. His chest is open. He's he's standing on his forward foot. He's in a strong position to head the ball away should it fall to him. But as soon as that, as soon as the flight of that ball is redirected, suddenly he's off balance. And he's not able to to kind of get himself in a position to clear that ball and get ahead in it. So I think you can't really. I wouldn't criticize a Kong there. Actually, I think he's actually in. In terms of how he was reading the first ball, I think he's in perfect position. Um, uh, so I wouldn't really be too critical of him at all. I actually think the issue for me is um, if you're talking about defensive mistakes in the build-up, it's allowing the ball to kind of get cut back and put in. So if anyone was at fault for that goal, um, I'd say probably Jao Pedro. Okay, interesting. Um, how did you think uh, Jao did when he came on? Yeah, I thought he was okay. I, I think it was a difficult game for him to come on to. Um I don't think he got much help in, in the sense that not much was played into him. But um, I thought he did okay. I don't think he was great. I didn't think he was bad. Um, you hope for a little bit more. But I just think by that point, the game was at such a strange point. It was it was difficult for him to come on and make that impact. And um, I rate Joe a lot as a player. He just wasn't able to contribute the kind of level we needed him to, mm. in my opinion. Jordan, every week it seems like we're mentioning you know how well our, our front line is doing uh, and, and how poor our, our defence is, is I think it's quite telling that um, you know we had Cabaselli on the bench but Ranieri is saying you know he's not ready yet so that's how you know bare we are at the at the back that we have, we're having to put you know defenders on, on the bench that aren't ready to, to come in and play um, but 
you know, we're hopeful that um, soon we, he will be able to feature. And, and do you think that, you know, he, he should be, uh, you know, given a, given a, a chance or, or rather that um, someone perhaps like Ekong has, is in need of a, a you know, being kept out of the team for a, for a few weeks to see if he can, um, you know, just get himself back on track. Yeah. Um... I think as soon as Cabasel is fit, he'll be in the team. Yeah, I, I think. <laughs> I mean, look, we we can talk about defensive um, recruitment. That's obviously a big issue, big point of discussion since this game, especially in you know revolving around Truce de Kong too. Um, but I think the fact that we are still here in 2021 and we're talking about Cabaselli returning to the team to kind of save our backline. No criticism, nothing against Cabaselli here. We all kind of. I don't know. I, I like Cabasetti as a player. He has his drawbacks, but on the whole, I, I do rate him. But um, it, it does show the, the lack of kind of progression we've made um, from a defensive standpoint and the, and the personnel standpoint that we're in 2021 and we're still relying on these centre-backs that have been around the club for years to, to come in and save the back line. We haven't really invested in, in the team um, from a defensive standpoint much in the last few years. Uh, and it's it's definitely showing. Um, obviously, we've got some injury concerns, and Kulu's a shame. Syriata, um, also. I think I think we all felt that coming into this season, Syriata is our best centre back. We've been out without him for large portions of the season. I do think our team would look a lot different, a lot better, if we had a starting partnership of Nkulu and Syriata. But unfortunately, that's not the case right now. So, for the meantime, or in the meantime, we're going to have to rely on the likes of Cabaselli. But is that enough? Um, is that enough for a team that's looking to stay in the Premier League? It's it's a questionable decision or it's a questionable answer. So I'm I'm not too sure myself. Um, but I think just looking at the situation as it is right now, that's our best hope. How far away do we think Shirata is from from being able to play? Well, I mean, I saw him. I, I saw a couple of the video during the week of him just kind of running some cone drills, and it's all kind of in, indicating that he's, I'd say, probably a week or two away still. Um, if he's doing if he's training on his own. Um, he's probably training away from the first team still or it was at that point the video was taken um, unless they were giving him individual warm-ups then um, it would still indicate that he's not quite there yet and definitely behind Cabaselli if Cabaselli is being featured on the bench so I wouldn't expect to see Serie in there before we see uh, Christian In terms of the midfield area um, Philip Zinconagel scored a, another goal for Forrest and um, you know that January recall option is is looking more and more favourable to us. Uh, do you think that's something that that, that that could happen, Jordan? I hope so. I mean, I wouldn't think twice. I think the, the, the difficulty is, um, obviously, I'm imagining that Zinconegel's probably not going to want to come back. I think he'd probably rather be continuing his season, actually playing regularly, contributing. Um, and that's probably a far more favourable option for him. Um, but from our perspective, I would, I would like to see him back. So I think he offers something. I think uh, at this point, we need every asset we can have at our disposal and he's someone that can actually um, be effective even if it's for you know smaller portions of the season than what he would be at, at Forest. I think we need everything we can have um, especially when um, you know we're coming into a January transfer window we feel like we need some activity um, I'd like to kind of bring in a player that we already have in our books we, we talked about this in the last game in the last podcast too didn't we um, he's someone that we know we know where he is in known quantity and he's comfortable in the area he can comfortable coming back in he's familiar with a lot of the things that should be a smooth transition to bring him back in I think he would be a, a useful asset what about someone like Matty Pollock do you think that he, he could be useful for, for Watford or, or is he too well, too inexperienced I mean the I mean the way our backline is now I, I probably do think that but um I just don't see us. I don't see us making that decision. 
Um, I imagine, I imagine we just feel that he's just not at that point of his career, and that to continue his loan spell is the best thing for it. Um, I think we. I think if we look to deal with a centre-back situation, it will be perhaps a short-term option that we'll look at in January, but I don't expect a recall on Pollock. Okay, interesting. In that case, um, you know, you, you'd expect that, you know, there'll be a, a transfer of some description coming in. Yeah, I mean, I, I think given the current injury situation and also the injury record of our defenders, we, we talked about this again before right the beginning of the season. It wasn't just the fact of, it wasn't just the fact of we have defenders that... Um, that we maybe question their ability and whether they can be up to scratch or be be good enough for what we need um, in this division. We also said too that the the injury record and the history of these players missing games, um, all of them apart from Serialta, who ironically has been the one that's been out for the longest period, uh, have had their had their issues. You know, soft tissue damage. You know, how many times has Cathcart, uh, Cabaselli missed games through a groin strain or a hamstring issue? And you know, Nkulu obviously has a little bit of a little bit of an injury history himself. Um, and that's the gamble we took and it's it's not paid off and we, we do make those gambles sometimes we've made them at left back in previous years we've made them at centre back and left back in some ways this year so you know we, we do take these risks and um, if you if you have a particular area of the team you don't look to invest in and you feel like you can get some some more value in those positions and you can be a little bit little bit kind of more frugal perhaps then you are always taking a gamble and it hasn't paid off again unfortunately Okay, Burnley up next, Jordan. Uh, another huge game for Watford. Um... Yeah, we do. Um, I think it'll be an interesting matchup. I think we'll win. Um, I do think we'll. I do think we'll turn it around a little bit. I think we'll come back into this game with a with a much more positive display. I am reasonably confident of that. I think that we've seen enough in previous games, and I think we can go there and and, and come away with a victory. I do think it's in, entirely possible, and I do think that's what what will happen. Hopefully, I'm hopefully I'm right, but I, I do feel somewhat confident having watched Burnley play. I think it's a good matchup for us. Um, Burnley are struggling and, and Burnley obviously they can be difficult they've been somewhat of a difficult team for us over the seasons especially away as they have for many teams um, but I, I do like the match up there and I think it's, it's an opportunity for us to kind of get ourselves back on track and, and be in some better shape coming into uh, Palace, Wolves and West Ham You know we've got a, a slight advantage on them because of course we played Friday evening Burnley uh, haven't actually even played their game as, as we're recording this it's Sunday 1.45 they're about to kick off in 15 minutes time so that's almost two days uh, rest extra that Watford have uh, on Burnley. What do you think of that extra bit of rest? Do you think that, you think that will have anything into this game? Um, I think you think given the contrast and how the two teams play, I think we'll probably be pretty much even, considering how Burnley are quite you know happy to sit back and be passive off the ball. Contrast to how we attack um, or generally attack the opposition off the ball and look to be a little bit more aggressive. And we we definitely put more miles on the clock than they do. So um, I think it's definitely a leveler at the very least. But I'd say it's in our advantage. It would be hard, much harder for us to have that short turnaround than them for sure. What's the um, you have to you have to look at all these um, all these kind of situations, all these little little margins, fine margins you can gain um, some advantage, and that that is one to be identified. It is two days is not nothing when it comes to recovering from a full ninety. That's definite. In the Premier League, Jordan, we haven't fared that well against Burnley. Whenever we have played them, um, no. I think it's like five losses from the what is it eight games that we've played. Only two wins during mm-hmm. that time. Um, mm-hmm. Last time we beat them was back in 2018. They're a difficult one. They're one of the they're one of our bogey sides, as it as it were. The sort of the um, the the Sean Dyche esque uh, element to it. Maybe uh, you know, just every time he, he manages to just 
just get the better of us because he because he's got that extra incentive. Yeah, I think I think they've been like that. I think a lot of teams feel like that about Burnley. Um, I think a lot of people feel like they're kind of a bogey team towards them, but they're a team that have been struggling. Um, kind of the same as us. They haven't won. They haven't won in the last four games. They've drawn three. That's the difference. Um, and that that's the kind of they are able to contain a little bit more. They, they're definitely not as good going forward as we are. I do think we can overpower them offensively, and I think that will be how we come away from that game. I don't think they're maybe as, as much of an attacking threat um, uh, and don't really possess as much ability to hurt us as Brentford do. Um, so I think just our attacking threat will hopefully overload them a little bit, um, and that will be kind of our, our route to success. And it's not so much about our defensive um, frailties kind of being massively turned around. I just think they'll be slightly less exposed. Um, and you know, it's, it's 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 one we have to kind of look at because I think I believe now we've lost the most. I believe we've lost more than any other team in the league this season. We have not indeed, really drawing, yeah. yeah, yeah, we've lost more not, than Norwich. Yeah, well, there you go. And we're not we're not a team that draws very much. We have to. We have to be aggressive. We have to find ways to win games. It's going to come from us being positive going forward, and that's going to give us the opportunity to score, um, score a couple of goals. I think it's going to be one of those games where we need to win by two or three. I think we're just going to have to just. I think we're going to see. I think we're going to see us actually go out there and be quite positive, and I think that's how it will pan out. I'm trying to be optimistic, but that is the gut feeling I have right now. A lot of pundits, Jordan, are tipping us to to get relegated after you know seeing us for you know probably you know quarter of the season now. Uh, it, it really is all about that defence that we need to sort out because everyone else, you know, agrees that our, our attacking line is, is is very decent. Yeah, I think obviously we're more and more intimately familiar with with kind of our goings on, but um, just from from watching uh, the teams around us, when I have, I will say that we are the most. I'd, I'd argue that we're the most recoverable of of these teams. Um, you know, you can maybe put leads in there too, but I think if you look at, at what changes have to be made and how possible those changes are to make make these teams into a successful Premier League team, I think we're definitely the closest to be able to do so. I think we have a good coach. Um, I think we have a good idea of how we want to play, and I think it suits the squad. I just think it's that defensive issue. I, I genuinely think that if we had a couple of changes there, whether that's returning players or someone else coming back in, I do think it could be a, a big difference. We maybe have to have some luck too with injuries. Obviously, we could have the likes of Ismail Asar return. Um, the defensive players come back quicker. That would be ideal. Um, but I do think we are in a, in a position that's quite recoverable uh, if things are done well and we have a little bit of luck on our sides. Others, um, such as Norwich uh, and even even possibly Newcastle, they, they look much further off. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's something that can be done. We just have to kind of see how things pan out. But I think January will definitely be a very telling time for us. Yeah, not just for us as well. I mean, you know, we know that Newcastle are very likely to add. Um, maybe Norwich and Burnley will, will, you know, look to do something because, you know, they're not out of it. They're, we're all sort of around that similar kind of position. I mean, you know, Norwich at the start of this didn't look like they were already down, but they've, you know, rallied back uh, somewhat. And, you know, it's looking very tight down there. It is very tight. I, I just, I just am confident that we have the good foundations of a good team, um, and I think we can. I think we can turn it around. I, I do think. I feel more positive about this. I feel considerably more positive about this team than I did uh, the last the team that got relegated from the Premier League last time. That's that's kind of where I am at this this stage. Good stuff. All right. Well, um, I think that about wraps it up for this one. Um, we'll try and get another one out uh, after the the Burnley game. Hopefully we're talking about a victory, Jordan. Yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs> I don't think we could do many more of these. What a contrast is from the championship season to uh, 
to coming into the Premier League and having to talk about these last minute defeats on a regular basis. Oh, I know. It's, it's hateful. Do we have anything positive to end on? Do you have any reviews or anything? No, no, no reviews today. Unfortunately. No, <laughs> no, no. Reviews. We would like some reviews. Right, though. Let's, well. let's, can we have some more reviews, please? Is anyone still listening to us? <laughs> especially on, especially on the game after this, you want to end in the positive notes. So no reviews. Come on, we got to work with us guys and give us something here because these are the times we need these positive reviews to, to cheer us up. Yeah, that's, and how you get a review? You, I can hear you asking what you do. Just go to uh, the iTunes uh, where. You can find the Watford. Do you know that? Huh? Do I know how to? <laughs> Do you know? You go to you go to iTunes. You find Watford Buzz podcast. Scroll all the way down, and it should say, uh, you know, you can tap to rate, uh, and then you can give us a rating, uh, uh, one, two, three, four, or five stars. Um, you know, uh, we we kind of pretend that it's out of ten. Um, we haven't unlocked the rest of the stars yet. We can maximum five out of ten yeah. for us. So please give us the five out of ten. Give us a Tom Cleverley rating, and uh, <laughs> we can uh, we can hopefully one day open it up, and we can start to go to six stars, and yeah, we can move forward as a, as a podcast. And uh, you know, tell us uh, tell us what we do right, tell us what we do wrong, how we can do better. Um, you want to come on and say uh, one of my criticisms is why why doesn't Tom turn up? Uh, feel free to <laughs> to write that in there because that's one of my criticisms. <laughs> 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 yeah, well, so yeah, we need to we need to get Tom back in here. I can't remember the last time we actually Tom watch. Yeah, we need a Tom watch going on because I can't remember the last time we recorded as a three. No, I know. It, I know. I mean, it's difficult to get us all together. Yeah, yeah, it is. But hopefully soon. Hopefully soon. Maybe a Christmas episode where we can all find each Christmas other. special. Christmas right. special. Yeah, it's a it's a busy time, and I'm looking forward to all these games. It's um, it's a big month. It's a big month, and uh, we'll be here. Um, supporting the Hornets and, and reviewing everything they do and uh, I'm looking forward to bringing more of it to you must maybe have a, a January transfer window special at some point oh yes as absolutely well. we'll have one about who we think we should get in uh, if you have questions fire your questions off to Jordan um, asking anything transfer related and we'll include it in the next or a future Watford Buzz pod um, for now though I think that's, that's us done thanks very much I'll see you next time. Hopefully Jordan will as well. And uh, that's it. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.